The Lord be with you. Jesus said, the one who believes in me will do the works that I do, and in fact, will do greater works than these. Now, that can't be right. Did, did I hear that right? Did Jesus just say that the one who believes in him will do greater works than him? I'm supposed to do greater works than Jesus? I'm supposed to do greater works than the one who multiplied loaves and fishes, than who cast out demons, than who healed the sick? No, 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 that can't be right. If that's the case, I must have missed the memo because I don't really feel like I'm doing those things. But maybe, but maybe what Jesus means is that we collectively, as his believers, we as the church, as the body of Christ, we united together will do greater works than him. That maybe I can believe because after all, Jesus, what, multiplied loaves and fishes to feed 5,000 once and then 7,000 another time? That's a total of 12,000 people. At Faith's annual Rise Against Hunger event, we, we pack 10,000 meals. And that's not counting the hundreds of people that we feed every month in our drive-through food bank. There are Christians in every nation of this world working every single day to feed people. Jesus fed thousands, but his followers are now feeding millions. So, so yes, I can say that we are doing greater works than him, sure. Jesus is described nine times in the Gospels casting out demons from people, and yet there are thousands of rehab clinics and rescue missions around the world helping free people from the demons of addiction. And there are people in this congregation, not to mention the untold Christians around the world who are working daily to cast out the demons of bigotry that try to possess the spirit of our society. To say yes, in that sense, I can gladly say that we as Jesus' followers are doing greater works than he. And in terms of healing, there are 16 healing miracles described in the Gospels that Jesus does. But in this country alone, there are over 700 faith-based hospitals. There are countless numbers of followers of Jesus who work in the medical field, who serve and volunteer in the medical field to bring healing to billions of people around the world. To say, truly, I can say on that level, we are doing greater works than Jesus. And so on this day of Pentecost, on this birthday of the church, I can rejoice and give thanks for the work that we are doing as the global body of Christ. I can sit back, relax, wipe the sweat from my brow and say, woo, dodged another scriptural bullet. Nice. <laughs> Until I actually look at what Jesus said read the scripture a little more closely, he doesn't say, you all will do greater works than me together. He says, the one who believes in me will do the works that I do, and in fact, will do greater works than these. The one, the one who is me, the one who is you. So wait, how are we supposed to do this again? Well, on the day of Pentecost, it says the Holy Spirit rushes into the room where the disciples are gathered together and it lights, it lands on each one of them like fire, like 
tongues of fire. And it says that they're all filled with the Holy Spirit, but each one is given the gift to speak another language by the Holy Spirit. This isn't the speaking in tongues that we think of of modern Pentecostals, the speaking in the language of angels which humans don't understand. That is described in other places of Scripture, don't get me wrong. But what's happening on the day of Pentecost is that the Holy Spirit is making sure that every single person who is gathered in Jerusalem, it doesn't matter what country they are from, that there is at least one disciple of Jesus who can speak to them in a language that they can understand. And it is that gift of the Holy Spirit, the ability to speak a language that someone else can understand, it is that gift that gives us individually the power to do greater works than Jesus, and that gift has been given to each and every single one of you. Now, you may be thinking to yourself right now, wait, pastor, I don't speak another language. And if I did, it wouldn't let me do greater works than Jesus. But you do, and it does. And let me explain. What is the greatest work that Jesus did? Down in Napa, they say, well, it's turning water into wine, of course. But that's not the greatest work that Jesus did. It's not multiplying the loaves and the fishes. It's not casting out demons. It's not healing the sick. It's not even rising from the dead. The greatest work that Jesus does is being the fulfillment to the request from Philip that we heard today. Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. The greatest work that Jesus does is to take God, the infinite, the indefinable, the almighty, and show us God in a way that we can understand in the form of a person Jesus' greatest work is to be for us God in a human being that we might know God. But here's the thing. Jesus, who has come for no other reason than this, Philip has been his disciple, following him around for years, spending every single day with him, seeing him do miracles, and yet after all that, Philip still cannot see God in Jesus. Jesus, God incarnate in the form of a first century Jewish rabbi in Palestine who can turn water into wine, who can calm the storms, who can raise the dead, that Jesus didn't have the power, didn't have the language to show Philip God the Father. And that's where you come in. Because there is someone out there in this world, someone who has probably even heard the name of Christ, someone who has maybe grown up in church, who has listened to sermons, and yet for whatever reason, the language of the Bible, the language of the church, the language of the preacher has been unable to show that person God the Father. You see, that person needs someone who can speak the language that they understand. That person needs someone who can speak their language, the one that they can hear. And so, 
the Holy Spirit pours out the gift of languages on the disciples. Because that person, it may be that they need to hear the language of Cantonese or Creole, but more than likely, the language they need to hear is the language of a pint of ice cream shared over heartbreak. Or the, the language of take the kids for the afternoon because I'm about to lose my mind. Or the language of hold this punching bag because I got some anger I got to get out. Or the language of hold my hair because I'm about to be sick. Or the language of hold my hand while I breathe my last breath. The Holy Spirit has given to each of you a language that only you can speak. The Holy Spirit has taught you this language, maybe through years of pruning roses or years of casting fishing rods. The Holy Spirit has given you this language, maybe through a lifetime of rocking out to your favorite band or maybe through this past weekend having uh, binged on the show Bridgerton. The Holy Spirit has taught you this language when you learn to code computers or maybe in your years of serving in the military. But the Holy Spirit has given you a language that no one else has because somewhere out there there is someone who needs your language. Because it is your language who can cut through the noise. It is your language that can bypass the jargon. It is your language that can leap over the walls that someone has built around their heart. It is your language that can set their soul on fire with God's love. Today we hear Peter explain what happens on the day of Pentecost as the fulfillment of the prophet Joel's prophecy saying, in those final days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, upon your young men and your young women. Your young men will have visions and your old men will dream dreams. I will pour out my slave even, I will pour out my spirit even upon slaves, male and female, and they will be filled with the spirit and they shall prophesy. Which means you, you youth, you youth with your language of hip jive and tick-tock emojis. You youth with your, your spirit of outrage against the injustice of this world with your desire to make this world a better place. God has given you a language to show someone the Father. And you seniors with your language of handwritten letters and archaic cursive with your three-hour luncheons with your sorrow for times that have been lost and yet who are willing to work every day dreaming of a future that you will never see. God has given you a language to show someone the Father. And you who are enslaved to debt, whose dance is the dance of juggling credit cards each month, you, whose language is the mantra of one day at a time, who speak the steps of sobriety, God has given you a language to show someone the Father. Because someday the Holy Spirit will set before you someone in dire straits. That someone might be a stranger from the street. That someone might be your closest friend. But on that day, you will pray for that person. You might pray with your lips, or you might pray it in your heart, and you will pray a prayer in Jesus' name, which means it's a prayer that has nothing to do with you. 
and everything to do with Jesus. And you will pray that God will give that person what they need because you know that you cannot. And as you pray for that person, you might also talk with them. Or maybe you will wade with them in the creek. Or maybe you will hit golf balls together or cook dinner together. Or maybe you will just hold that person close while tears stream down their face. And later, later that person will look back and they will say, maybe to your face, or maybe they will, will, will whisper it to your soul in a prayer of thanksgiving. Later they will look back and say, on that day, they didn't know how they would pay rent at the end of the month, but then you spoke to them. And money multiplied like loaves and fishes. Or they will look back and say, on that day, they had just about given in and were going to go back to the bottle. But then you sat with them. And you cast out the demon of addiction from their life. Or they will look back and say, on that day, they had given up hope of ever being well again. But then you held their hand and they were healed. Or they will look back on that day and say, that they had decided the only direction left for them was death. But then you spoke to them in their language, in a language that they could understand, and you raised them to new life. Because on that day, you showed them the Father, and they were satisfied. You were God for them in a human being, and they had everything they needed. On that day, you will have done for that person what that first century rabbi in Palestine could not do. And so on that day, Jesus will smile and sing for joy, for on that day, you will have proven his words to be faithful and true, for on that day, you will have done greater works than he. Amen.